Hello, I'm Eugene Myerson with the law offices of Myerson, Myerson, Kaufman, and Schwartz. Do you suffer from both night and day sweats? Are your veins collapsed? Are your pupils smaller than a grain of sand? Is your dealer your only friend? then chances are you're a junkie, and therefore you must share our outrage at the very disturbing revelation of a new television series called Dope Sick Nation, airing only on the Viceland channel, Wednesdays at 10 p.m. On behalf of Dopey, we are reaching out to all members of the Dopey Nation and are mounting a case seeking compensatory damages for the reprehensible malfeasant actions perpetrated by the show's distributor, Viceland, and its nefarious parent company, the all-powerful megacorporation, Vice. We contend that they did knowingly and willfully plagiarize the intellectual property and various elements of shtick created and performed by Dave and Chris. May he rest in peace. Now is the time to take action. We must resist. Will you stand with us? Or will you nod off? Over there. In a corner. Sad and lonely. Call us today at 1-800-444-KVETCH. That's 1-800-444-KVETCH. We are Myers and Myers and Kaufman and Schwartz. <laughs> Welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. I'm Dave. I'm with my very, very good friend, Jim. Hello, Dave. Hello, Jim. Jim was just, Jim came in very upset. Jim came in very (laughs) upset, very tired, very sad, um, very drained, as he said. Drained is the word. Absolutely. He did did say, and I, I begged him to be nice to me. I said, Jim, can't you be nice to me? We're going to record the show, and I need you to be nice to me if we're going to record the show. To which he said... Everyone is like my children. He said, he said I was like his children. And then he said... That <coughs> and, my, sh- and my children are four, four years old and, and 11 months old. One of them actually walked today for the first time, which is exciting. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good stuff. Um, nobody cares about your children. I know. Me. No, I'm just... No, that's amazing. I mean, she, she's 11 months, and she walked... 11 months and she walked. That's very early. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Nora didn't walk until she was 19 months, but she was very delayed. She walked around on her knees forever. Now, come on. We're not going to do this. is not a podcast about parenthood. This is a very important episode. This is the episode right. of the... I wanted to get into why you admire me and all that good stuff. We're not going to get there because it's going to derail the show. Can't right. go into your weird vortex. I, I do. I do. I do admire you. You know, it used to be that I... In our relationship, because we've known each other for like 30 years almost. Can now. you try to put some energy into this thing? And I was worried that sometimes I'm patronizing to you, and sometimes to you, maybe. Yes, you are. Yes. Often. <laughs> Often. Especially around other people. Continue. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but I was thinking that lately you have been like a shining, like, you don't even see me. That's why it's easier. In your, I haven't seen Jim in months. But I hear the podcast, and, and it, it lets you know how you're doing, and I feel like you're doing pretty well. I'm a shining example of recovery. Yeah. I had a dream last night that my cat uh, went to the window, and a wind blew the cat out of the window 
to the roof across the street and survived. Then I chased the cat around uh, FIT for hours. Were you here last night? No. It's just a weird dream. You just, you just were dreaming of your childhood home? Yeah, well, I'm here often. I'm here often. Um, the point is, uh, I am grateful to... Uh, I'm, I'm so happy to do Dopey. I'm so happy to see... That's the other thing. I was so excited to see Jim, and he comes over here like this <laughs> asshole. Miserable guy. You know, it's like, oh, man. Um, which is just... Just shame. It's a shame. It's a shame. It is. Anyway. Wasted opportunity. Well, we'll make the most of it now. We are doing a very special dopey episode this on the war with Dope Sick Nation and Vice and Viceland. I had a million things prepared, but but something happened. A very weird thing happened, and my plan is going to be a little bit derailed. Uh, I'm going to tell Jim and you guys the full story of the dopey Dope Sick Nation feud. Which, and, I, which uh, I do not know. You I, don't? I, I thought you listened to the show. I've missed a few episodes, but I, I heard the recent show that you had with the author of the article that was published recently. But we didn't talk about the, Did we talk about the war at all? You joked, I alluded you, you, to it. Yeah, and you joked about it and like joked about that it was all good, so I'm actually surprised. Well, in reality, it's all good. Oh, okay. You know, it's like, what the fuck? It's all good. What am I going to do? I'm going to tell the story real quick. Right. For anybody in the dopey, dopey Nation that doesn't know the story, this is the quick recap of the story. When Chris and I started doing Dopey, I had a fantasy about Dopey being on Vice as a talk show. So I wrote Vice numerous times saying, you guys do stories about um, drugs. You do stories about partying. You do stories about the criminality of drugs. You do stories about... Uh, getting high, you do stories about the streets, but you don't do stories about addiction and you don't do stories about recovery. I do a talk show about addiction and recovery, uh, which is a lot of fun. It's called Dopey. We have fans who call themselves the Dopey Nation, and I think it would be an amazing addition to Vice. We get X amount of downloads a month, blah, 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 whatever, to which I hear nothing. So I write them again, same thing. To which I hear nothing. So I write them again because I'm a persistent motherfucker. I just, uh -huh. you know, it's just how I am. Yep. Um, and I write them again, and I hear we do not accept unsolicited pitches. So here and there, I was discouraged. But what the fuck? If they're not interested, they're not interested. I was trying to figure out a way to make a pitch solicited. Uh, I didn't figure that out, and um, I moved on. Years passed. Dopey grew in strength. Artie Lang came on. Jamie Lee Curtis didn't come on. Todd died. Chris died. Life goes on. And I'm in the restaurant where I work. And one of the guys comes up to me and he says, Dave, did you see this thing on Viceland? Dope Sick Nation. I said, shut the fuck up. And everybody I work with is, is like, they're very like trying to get me upset. And they're like, oh shit, they stole that from you. Oh, they stole that from you. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, there's no way they stole that from me. How could they steal it from me? You know, how could, I mean, there's an opioid pandemic, right? Right. Um, there's an opioid pandemic. And um, I mean, I did give them the idea on a silver platter, though. I mean, it's like they kind of stole it, right? I mean, it's like I, I, I think so little of myself, but like a classic addict is an egomaniac and uh, the opposite of an egomaniac, like a, 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 a hating themselves guy. Chris could phrase that really well. I forgot what the phrase was. It was like, a, it was a, 
egomaniac with an inferiority complex is what mm -hmm. he would say mm -hmm. and that's what i am you know an egomaniac or vice versa an inferiority guy with an ego complex yeah, with six of one yes anyway i couldn't imagine that they actually stole the idea and then i started researching it and now hold on to explain a little bit of the story i'm going to play this breaking news brief that i, I i've actually heard in australia hold on Yeah, good evening, Dopey Nation. Uh, this is your old mate, Gabby, roaming international reporter, coming to you from the front line down under in Australia. In breaking news in the war of Dopey Nation versus Dope Sick Nation, we have new information. We have uncovered an article that reveals that Vice's blatant plagiarism seems to have occurred at the last hour. An article dated the 2nd of August 2018 states, Viceland has greenlit a new topical docu-reality series, American Junkie, inspired by and spun off from the independent feature documentary, American Relapse. American Junkie follows two recovering drug addicts, Ali and Frank, who devote their lives to helping fellow addicts in their life and death struggle for recovery. The fact that our noble leader Dave has previously emailed Vice, making them aware of his well-revered podcast Dopey and its followers, the Dopey Nation, makes this seemingly last-minute name change all the more sinister. I want to take this opportunity to pledge allegiance to the one and true Dopey Nation. I bend the knee to our leader Dave, who carries the mantle for not only his devoted followers, but also our fallen leader Chris, Valet Chris. Let this be a quarter-arms, Dopey Nation. Rise up and join us to let Vice know that we will not go quietly into the night knowing that our namesake has been stolen from us. We will not rest until recognition is given. Look, Ali and Frank seem pretty cool, to be honest, but Dave and Chris stuck the proverbial flag on the metaphorical mountaintop of Dopey years ago. Vice, we are a strong army of addicts in and out of recovery, and if the lengths that we will go for a bundle or anything to go by, you do not want to underestimate the lengths we will go to make sure justice is served. Our motto is stay strong, Dopey Nation, and Vice, you better believe we are strong as fuck. Toodles. So does that explain it to you? It, it, it does, but... I, you have any questions? How? <clears throat> That's our roving reporter Gab on the scene in Australia digging up the truth about this show, Dope Sick Nation, which changed its name from American Junkie after I emailed them a number of times. Now, we're going to go to my friend. Do you have any questions you want to ask here? Nothing? You have uh, no comments? I'm just taking it all what in. What is your take so far? I'm He's wide-eyed. He's I, waking up. The caffeine's hitting him. <laughs> Can you believe they robbed your friend, your old friend, Dave? I mean, I, I, I can't. I feel like it's not the first time this has happened to you. To honestly. me? Yes. When has this happened before? <laughs> I, or maybe to your father? Didn't he have some crazy idea about... The eclipse? Yeah, the they eclipse. They didn't steal the idea. They didn't steal the idea. We're going to have my dad come in and tell the eclipse story before the show's over, though. All right. Now we're going to go to my friend, Sam, de facto dopey producer and roustabout, ex-TV producer and drug addict, my friend Sam, who really believes that they did steal the show. It's starting to feel very... Suspect? Legitimate. Hey, Sam, how you doing? I'm good, Dave. How's it going with you? Good. So we have uh, Jim. He's here. You want to say hello to Jim? Uh, hey, Jim. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Hey, I'm a big fan of your work. Your sculpture work, right? Oh, wow. Not his dopey work, right? His sculpture <laughs> no, work. No, uh, I only know his work on dopey. <laughs> so 
I think just Adobe work. Well, thank you very much. I, I didn't know that it was really work that I was doing here. He's so good, well, it doesn't even feel like working. <laughs> exactly. It's outstanding stuff. You're, right. you're just effortless. You need to check out Jim's sculpture. In fact, if Jim wanted, if you want us to put it out there, we should tell the Dopey Nation because you could get a lot of support. Maybe Vice will buy some pieces because you know Vice yeah, is going to be. Yeah, Vice needs it for its evil corporate headquarters. They're always looking for, for pride, for art. Yeah, they always want art. So Sam, I'm just to get you up to speed. I'm just telling Jim and the Dopey Nation the full story of uh, Dope Sick Nation and Dopey and how I am on the fence. I mean, how could they possibly be paying attention to me? Uh, they are paying attention to you for a variety of reasons, and I don't know how much backstory you've told. I've given everything, Jay, basically. Yeah. I've given nothing? What have I not given? I mean, I'm just learning about this for the first time. So you, so far, you've just told us that they. it sounds like they could have stolen the whole idea for their show based on your show. Am I wrong about that? That's basically it so far. Sam, get us up to speed. Okay, well, as I understand it, Dave had reached out to Vice. Yes. Uh, Vice, uh, you know, uh, HQ, you know, the, the ones that I are I said all that. I said all that stuff. The question oh, okay, is okay. this, my friend. The okay, question yeah. is, in your opinion, could Vice have stolen Dopey and turned it into Dope Signation? Um, well, there's certainly a premise uh, in that you're reaching out to addicts and and you know folks in recovery. Um, so essentially, that's the that's the premise. Uh, the premise that I know of Dope Sick Nation is that there are two uh, folks in recovery, a guy and a girl, go around the country uh, and try to help uh, addicts still suffering. That's the premise of the show, right? Yeah, it's much different than Dopey, to be fair. That's why I don't really... The question is, what influence could we have had? Jim, feel free. Wait, but, so, but this other show, are they trying to get them to tell their quote-unquote war stories, or are they? is it more of a preachy... It's more of an intervention kind of show. More of an intervention kind of show. And that's, your show like, has, has elements of that, but that's not its core. Am I wrong? No, our show's not like that at all. But that's why I want Sam, <clears throat> Sam to demonstrate why he thinks uh, Vice uh, did us dirty. Yeah, well, I think they did you dirty in a couple ways, for sure. Um, one thing that I do know that you did share with me, and I'm not sure if you did with the nation, coming in late to this to this game, um, is that that one of the executive producers has reached out to you and aha, I did not reveal that. Continue. Okay. <laughs> that the, the, one of the producers, and and here's another thing, another little tidbit, is that his last name he ripped off Dave's last name. Don't don't say, say his last name. His last name is eerily similar to my last name. Eerily, eerily, very. And I think he ripped off your last name for professional purposes because you're such a hot star, you know. All right, um, come on, just come on. Can you, let's keep it. Let's keep it moving. Let's, let's keep it moving in the right direction here, please. All right. So also, okay. So he had a. He had reached out and told you that, that he had a name in mind for the show, which I'm going to reveal was American Junkie. Well, you, you're, la you're late to the party on this one, too, Sam, because our roving reporter, Gabby, just revealed that. Oh, Gabby's awesome. <laughs> Gabby, Gabby gets in deep. She's got sources that, you know, nobody else can uncover. That's for sure. <laughs> so, so you would say that Vice uh, changed the name because of my uh, many uh, emails. Because of your emails, because you're reaching out, they knew about you. They knew about the Dopey Nation, right? They knew that there was a certain cachet and, and, a, and a, you know, a sincere audience that's tuning in weekly um, to hear the gems that you and Chris throw out, you know, Chris 
rest in peace throughout, and um, and that they knew that they, there could be some crossover. It would be sort of foolish for an executive not to steal the the. It's it's too uh, similar. But Jokes didn't they know that they would be just encroaching on our territory? I mean, on Twitter, it's hashtag dope sick nation when the dopey nation was happy, joyous, and free up until this point. And now we have this dope sick nation encroaching. Is it possible that we are right now falling into their trap and giving them the advertising that they are looking for? Well, that's the other thing. The other thing is that the producer of Dope Sick Nation, I'm not going to say his name, even though I'm dying to, dying, dying to say his name. My dad said, don't say his name, because the Dopey Nation might go to town on him. Yeah. Not to mention, it's so close to our name, it could, it could come back to us. Um, anyway, uh, what was well, the I don't point? Think Dave, I, I don't think they care um, that they rip you off, because they are the evil empire. They're, they're a mighty media force, mm. you know? Um, that it's doing mostly good out there. The reporting is really solid about, you know, quality social issues, and they're shedding light on uh, things that need light shedding. So overall, and you're a fan of Vice. I, I, I have been a fan of Vice, but I, I, truthfully, I find them a bit wanky. I find their presentation um, contrived. I think they put themselves in situations where uh, you can't help but be compelled by the story uh, in a in a really manipulative way. Um, I like them, um, but I just think they're cheesy. I just think that the, you know they're not sixty minutes. They're not you, you know. Well, they're trying to be sixty minutes for the millennial crowd. They're trying to get people. I don't know. I, I have no opinion about Vice. I, I this is the thing to, to Jim's point. To Jim's point, I con or after I started the war on yeah. the dope sick nation. The producer for Dope Sick Nation reached out to me and he said, what about getting the star of Dope Sick Nation to come on Dopey? And I said, well, what a great idea. That could be the end of this whole feud right there. We could just have her on. Her name is Ali Severino. And we'll squash the whole thing. At the same time, the reporter uh, contacted me, Emily Sullivan, who, who did the on, piece about the show, who was on last week, yeah. contacted me and she said, can I come on Dopey? I said, sure. Uh, but why don't you uh, write a story about Chris dying and the and where we're at in the show? Because I think it's a very compelling show. And she said, I'll pitch it to Vice. And I said, well, this is a really great moment because Vice uh, is about to come on, or Dope Sick Nation is about to come on Dopey. We could do it all at the same time. It could be this big pro Dopey episode. Then it's in the weekend and it's Sunday night. And I'm like feeling very good about myself, feeling very like I'm with my family. I'm eating ice cream. Shit is good. And I get a tweet from this producer who says, we're not going to have her come on Dopey. Because? Because Vice doesn't want her to, is what he told me. And I'm like, holy shit, he did this to stop my war. Because I'm tweeting a lot of fucking nasty stuff about Dope Sick Nation and Vice. But Dave, that would only fuel the war. I mean, he's got to know that if he put her on, if she came on in a sort of a benevolent, you know, um, manner to smooth the waters... That could have ended the war, but by him, uh, you know, pulling the plug on her appearance, uh, that's only going to fuel it, right? Fuel well, but he doesn't know how I am. Uh, he he figured I would just be like, cool, when she can come on, great. But I lost my mind that night. I went to this dark, dark place where I often will go to, yeah. and I got so <laughs> upset. I couldn't I couldn't pay attention. I couldn't eat. I couldn't do didn't do anything. 
You couldn't eat that ice cream that you were eating? I probably ate the ice cream. But the fact of the matter was I was I was just beside myself. I was obsessed. I texted him a million times. You're always obsessed, man. I'm always obsessed. I was obsessed. I was upset. I was neurotic. I was nuts. And I was like, now I have to kick the gear up, the war up to number 11 or something. And then the next morning... When I wake up... Wait, wait, wait. You texted him and told him, I'm going to kick this war up to number 11? No. I just said... I said, that was see, your internal I said, monologue. I said, see what you can do about getting the interview. And I had this... I was like, this motherfucker is going to pay. Because what would I used to always say? I used to always say, someone's got to pay. I even wrote a song about it. Remember, I used to always say that. Yes. That was my old tagline. Someone's got to pay. And it was this guy. I was so upset. Anyway... So when, but he understood how upset you were? That's what I'm not I, trying I don't to think you can really convey a level of upsetness. But did you try? No, I, mean. I didn't try because okay. I didn't want to seem crazy. Well, that's why I wasn't... I, well, sometimes you don't, sometimes you don't care if you're going to seem crazy. You just let people know. Uh, that, that's why I'm asking. I let him know a little bit. He, okay. had, a, he had a, you know, an illusion of, of me being neurotic. Yes. And then I wake up in the morning and I get on the train and I'm like, fuck it. And I set up a Twitter poll and I said, I can't believe that these motherfuckers at Dope Sick Nation and Vice have such fucking nerve to call themselves Dope Sick Nation. We're going to take a poll among the Dopey Nation. Who wants to go to war? You know, and 80% wanted to go to war. It was, yes, I want to go to war. No, I don't want to go to war. No, you're crazy. They didn't steal the name. C, I'm too high. Or D, Dave's an idiot. <laughs> and D, Dave's many, an idiot. How many, people, how many people answered C? Uh, I'm too high. A couple. A couple people okay. said they were too high. Uh, a couple people said I was an idiot. But most people wanted to go to war. Then okay. later in the day, he texts me again. He says, why, are you, why do you think I'm going to give you an interview if you're saying slandering my show? And I said, I said, I'm just trying to be provocative, man. It's just shtick. I said, it's just shtick, is what I said. And, um, and like, I have... Don't, don't you- Dave, don't you think that they're trolling you on, on your Twitter account and, you know, watching your Instagram, you know, and, and, and they know full well, you know, the uh, the incitement that's happening, happening well, with you and, and the brewing, you know, the brouhaha. Well, the interesting that, thing, it's interesting. Isn't this all of this good for both of you? Maybe both? it is. Oh. Maybe you don't understand media, Jim. <laughs> Maybe this is good for everybody. That's what I just said. No, this doesn't this sound like it's good for everybody in terms of getting the word out. I guess it is good for everybody because it turns out as I was preparing for this war, I get a text from my lovely wife slash fiance, Linda, who says, I love Dope Sick Nation. It's so gritty and amazing. And Frankie's so hardcore. You shouldn't go to war with them. Can you believe that, Sam? I, I do believe that because what they are doing uh, you know, it's it's pretty important work, but you know, also it's entertainment. It is a TV show. You know, looking for ratings, and um, you know, uh, th- these are recover people in recovery. Uh, you know, that also want to be stars. Right. Um, and when you, you know, boil it down, phony and plastic. There's something phony and plastic about all of it. You know, because they could just do good work. You know, behind the scenes, if they wanted to. And when you really boil it down. Um, they're doing a good thing for the world. But let me, let me, what, do you have any parting shots here, Sam? Because we got to keep it moving here. What do you got to say? Yeah, no, I, I just think that the war is real. I just think that they know what they did, uh, you know, and I'm pretty much going to leave it at that. And I don't think that they would continue reaching out and, and um, you know, furthering uh, 
um, a communication with you uh, if they didn't know what they did. Uh, I, I certainly know that if the uh, executive producers and the showrunners of Dope Sick Nation uh, didn't exactly know what they were doing, I do know that the higher-ups uh, at Vice HQ knew exactly what they were doing. Right. So, um, yeah. So I think it's pretty nefarious all the way around. Uh, so anyway, the war is real, Dopey Nation. Um, we must resist. Thank you, Sam. Love you. All right. Okay, signing off. Goodbye. Bye. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So this is the deal. This war is probably not a helpful war for anybody. Uh, I just love this kind of stuff. And I wonder, did they steal the name Dope Sick Nation from Dopey Nation? It's pretty infuriating. I mean, it's hard to imagine they didn't, from my end. Now, the the, the justice in my, you know... Dopey... What are you going to say, Jimmy? I just, I hate... I, I get very upset when I see injustice, and this feels like injustice. You think it's injustice? That's what it feels like. What if it's just a random thing? I mean, it's dope, it's dope sick, it's nation. I stole it. Where did I steal Dopey Nation from? I guess I just made it up because I'm a genius, a creative genius. Well, I mean... Where did I steal Dopey Nation from? Well, there was the Colbert Nation. I don't even know what that is. So, forget it. I guess he took it from something else anyway. Something Nation. That's what, it's what people's... Yeah, they like say nation. Say. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and like people who are dope fiends get dope sick. You know, did they steal it? I don't know. But here is dopey regular, Alana Dirksen, a.k.a. Hot Girl Fucked by Life, oh, yeah. to uh, give her take on this controversy. Hello? Hey, Alana. What's up? You're on the show. Hey, guys. What's going on? I'm with my friend Jim. Did you ever listen to Jim on the show? Hey. I so. Hey, I've also hey, heard Jim. you on the show. I'm a, I'm a big fan. <laughs> And everybody's Aww. loving. Everyone's loving your praying mantis, uh, dopey poster. Um, okay, well you didn't like it. I, I we had to tweak it a little bit. Don't you like it better now than when we started? Yeah, I do. I it's do. it's super fresh, but we're I know, it's fresh. we're delving it in. Was a collaborative effort. It was total collaboration, but that's good, yeah. right? I'm a decent collaborator, right? You're, you're the best. Alana, one of the best things about Alana is she's this terrible drug addict in recovery. She works the steps. She ha- you're a terrible drug addict. She did some terrible, terrible, shameful stuff, right? I mean, didn't you? Yeah, too? really bad. So, so did you, Dave. Are you in, you're in the exact same boat, no? I know. I think that's why we get along so Oh, good. well, there you go. Yeah. Now, that's why you love it. Huh? That's why you listen? No, that's why you love it. That's why you keep coming back for more. Oh, yeah, I love it. And also, I think that, Alana, you're, what, 24? Yeah. And, yes. and you have three years clean? Yeah, just about three years. I mean, I think that's pretty I amazing. Think, yeah, I'm, like, usually the youngest at any meeting I'm at. Usually the youngest. And I was, like, the secretary at my home group for a long time. And then, like, that meeting was, like, all really old people. I was like running this meeting and everyone there was like like 60 and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> but it was good. Did they think you were some sort of like AA savant type? Like the most <laughs> gifted young recovering woman in the world? No, they, they thought I was like four years old. And I was like, okay, I'm in university. Like I'm not like... <laughs> I'm 
So, so Alana, we're deep in the Dopey Nation, Dope Sick Nation feud, and I wanted to get your take. I mean, you, Alana did a bunch of Dopey posters fe- featuring dope bags that Dope Sick Nation seemed to have just lifted. I mean, they have ads that look exactly like yeah. ours. Really? So this, yeah. I mean, how did... Yeah. I really have always kept my drug bags, like, since forever, because I like the graphics on them. Maybe why I became a graphic designer when I got clean, <laughs> um, and I scanned them all to make like this dopey poster, and then Vice made like the exact same one. I was like, "What the? F- what the hell?" That was odd. That was kind of. You know how many drugs I had to do to make that poster? <laughs> how many drugs do you think Vice had to sell to make the poster? <laughs> I, that was what I, I supposed. Um, yeah, exactly. Now, so what is your take on this uh, feud? Okay, wait, did you get my, did you read my text? I will read the text, but the text is very... No, 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 I'll I'll just say it out. I can just say it now, but okay. I guess that's not important. Here's my theory. So, Gavin McInnes, the co-founder of Vice, also started the Proud Boy movement. He's like an extreme right-wing activist. So, my theory is that... You were too Jewy to get put onto Vice. Too Jewy. So that they just you're too Jewish. So they No, I'm too Jewy, I could I, I was yeah, I, yeah, I could hear yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that made sense that. to both of us. Yeah, you're too Jewy and they took your concept and um but didn't want you. So that's my that's my conspiracy theory. Do you think they contacted but, Chris before he died and tried to break Chris away from Dopey? And maybe they gave Chris probably. the drugs. Oh, dear. No. Maybe they gave Chris the drugs, oh and that was like the website where he would order. Yeah, they ordered. No. Now we're going into very <laughs> deep, dark territory. So you're saying I was I too Jewy to be on Vice, and Vice contacted a very attractive drug addict couple, Allie and Frankie, and used them. Yeah, but here's the thing about Vice is like they also have like weed cooking shows and like they have all sorts of other shows that are like pretty pro drug so it's like mostly they just don't give a shit and I'm sure they don't really even give a shit about like the message of recovery uh, I don't think it's very genuine I'm sure they don't really give a shit about the other hosts like whereas like that won't stand the test of time right you know what I'm saying right so so what do you do you think it was my my barrage of emails that got them to do this probably yeah i actually genuinely think so because also like i've done stuff in the fashion world like what when i was like living and working in new york and it's just like shit like that happens all the time you know they take pitches you know people pitch stuff they don't use it but they put it in their back pocket to use later right right it's not like an uncommon thing well the fact of the matter, have you ever seen Dope Sick Nation? Hell no. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. You know, my Linda loves Dope Sick Nation. She started watching it today. Really? She said it was so gritty and cool. Her. She said it was so gritty and cool and I shouldn't go to war with them. Um, no. Which is you very know, funny. I, couldn't even, I don't really like watching shows like that. What's that other show? like? Uh, Intervention. No, Drugs, Inc. And there's like another one. I can't watch them. They make me so... It makes me kind of uncomfortable. Are they triggering somehow? They're triggering shows? A little bit, yeah. 
Dopey doesn't trigger me though. That's, I mean. Why do yeah. you suppose Dopey isn't triggering, and all those shows are? Um, because I feel like that stuff is like more like docu series, and it doesn't have like an underlying message of like recovery. It's just like it's like just pure fear tactics, and where it's like. <laughs> Dopey is like real people who like got clean and it's like a little more endearing, you know? <laughs> right. I, I, I found intervention to be uh, incredibly entertaining and a little bit triggering, but more entertaining than triggering. You know, and I appreciate your view on the war. The fact is that I think Dope Sick Nation, <sighs> you know, it's hard for me because I have such a, a love for the Dopey Nation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have such a love for the Dopey Nation that the fact that this show came out called Dope Sick Nation, it's so close. It just it just burns me up. You know what I mean? But... I, yeah, it's, like, personal. Yeah. Especially, it's, like, right... It's, like, Chris dies, and then they're, like, oh, look at our new show. It's, like... Because that's kind of been a genuine fear. It's, like, how are we going to continue with the show? Like, is it going to... Like, you know, that's kind of been the question. And then they do that it's like it's just it's kind of like i don't know it sucks right that's that's a very very good point because i was like how are we going to figure out how to make the show keep going you know chris had just died dope sick nation comes out and i'm like what the fuck you know what i mean like it felt like they were just stealing the show right when chris died yeah it was it was it was now i want to take a break from this dope sick dopey nation fight And I want you to give an update to your living situation because you told me a little bit about it and it sounded just so crazy and hysterical. And I would like you to, you know, tell the Dopey Nation because you're a young woman living uh, soberly in uh, in Canada. Yeah, so, like, okay, I was trying to send you, like, a voice memo, but I was like, I don't know how to, like, it was just hard. And I was like, you just need to call me. Like, we just need to, like, have this in a, like, conversation for us. Um, But, like... I'm here, I go to meetings, I do all my, all my recovery stuff, and, like, um, but it's hard, because it's, like, after a while, this is what you and I were talking about, like, kind of in private, that, it's like, after a while, like, people get, other people get comfortable with your recovery, and, um, like, my roommate, I moved in with, like, my best friend, like, a month after I got clean and it was kind of one thing it was the thing was like he's like I'll move in with you but like you have you have to actually stay clean otherwise like I can't live with you it'll be a nightmare so I was like all right so I've held up my end of the deal but I think as like time's gone has gone on he's like been more relaxed so like I was telling you he like you know like had a bunch of friends over and like had this party and like they were like all smoking inside and then because he's not sober he's not sober right no but he's not an addict Right. He's not an addict. Yeah, so, like, and he came home, and there's all these, like, half-drink cocktails and, and open bottles of wine, and they just went right out. They didn't, like, put anything away. And I came home, and I was like, oh, my God, it's just relapsed to make a point or something. Like, this is terrifying. Like, so, I mean, I just dumped it out, but I was like, I'm like, holy shit. And then, um, and then I was saying to you, like, he has this boyfriend, and... I think now that he's in a relationship, he's, like, I'm just, like, a little bit more on the back burner. <laughs> and they just have this, like, crazy loud anal sex all over the house. And I'm, like, <laughs> locked in my room. 
because if they're downstairs, I'm like, how do I even get out of the apartment without, like, going by this? And, like, the other couple of weeks ago, I, like, had to go to work, and they're, they're fucking in the shower so loud. And I was like, man, I got to go in the washroom to, like, get you know, to, like, brush my teeth to go to work, and it's, I'm like, how do, do I knock on the door? Like, what do I do? So I just went to work, I didn't brush my teeth, and I was like, man, this is, this sucks. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, how do I, how, how do I date when I'm, when I'm clean? You know, it's like, how do you just genuinely, like, interact with people who aren't clean? Right, exactly. Did you feel because, like, did it feel like know. you were living on the set of a gay porno? 100%. Believe it or not, I've actually never had, you know, sex. The thing about sex is, like, when you hear regular vaginal intercourse, you know, it's like, you know, maybe sounds... Like, you could... Everyone's lived with someone and, like, heard somebody else fuck, and it's like, sometimes it could be hot and horny. But if you hear someone having, like, anal sex, it's like, it sounds painful. It sounds... It sounds like anal sex, so it's it's a t- completely different demeanor, and it's not even like a homophobic thing. Like I'm cool with that, like, but something about it sounds way more um, abrasive, I guess. <laughs> it's just yeah, and I was like, oh, this sounds ins- this sounds insane, right? Um, and and do you feel and, like and do you feel like your program is being tested or your sobriety is being tested? Yeah, I feel like now, if ever, it's like it's like almost like I want to move into a sober living like three years into it they'd be like you don't need to be here <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah but it's like that's when it's like when other people start getting comfortable with your recovery that's when I get when I get um that's when it gets hard because at first everyone's like like kind of babies you right um and then I was like but you know what like uh Chris Dying was like a really um was really eye-opening and like you know if there was anything to take away from that you know maybe maybe just like a chance to self-reflect like yeah because I mean I don't want to get all uh, sad or whatever (laughs) but yeah I mean if there was any that was something that made me kind of like dive back into my recovery because I was like oh shit like you know you never know right so it really did. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what did it make you think? Did you feel like, like, because you could relate to Chris? Like, what, what did you, what did, what happened to you when he died? Um. Well, I just think it's like that whole thing, like, um, uh, social acceptability doesn't equal recovery, and I think that's where I would be likely to stray, stray away because I am in school. I'm finishing up my like last year of my degree. Um, you know, like, I travel, I have, like, a pretty normal life, like, um, and, yeah, and it's just that, yeah, you, you get comfortable, you do less stuff work, you, you talk to less people in meetings, you go to less meetings, like, that whole, that whole thing. Right, right. Um, it's crazy, the whole thing is crazy. Um, yeah. You know, like, because nobody could have ever expected Chris to die. And um, I, I can't even, I still can, like, almost not believe it. You know what I no, mean? No, I can't. I can't listen to, I can't listen to um, old episodes. I was listening to a couple I, old ones. and Because um, I talked to Chris before I ever talked to you. 
Chris and I would text sometimes and some and like he was the first one I like got in touch with, like when I reached out to you guys. So and then like when I listened after he died, like our episode where I like talked to you guys for the first time and I just can't listen to it. It's so weird hearing a conversation with somebody who is dead. Like Well I don't know. I can't even tell you because it's like I, I mean I, I we have you know hundreds of hours of conversation between me and him, um, and uh, and I go back and I listen to it and it's like I feel like I was so mean to him on so many episodes. I feel like he just talked so much trash about recovery, you know what I mean? And I don't think like he was planning this the whole time. I think it could happen to anybody, but it's just like it's very hard to listen to it. I was listening to an episode. Uh, the other day, somebody had mentioned, somebody wrote me on Facebook and they were like, do you remember the episode, Alana, where Chris like tried to do stand-up? Yeah. It was like he had these terrible bits about like, what's the deal with school buses? Like, why haven't they changed? You know? And, yeah. um, and I listened to the episode and the whole first half of the episode is just me yelling at him that he's manipulative. You know what I mean? And like, and I'm like this dick and I'm yelling at him. And then I, and I'm listening to it like, cause I, it's also weird cause he's been dead for, you know, I think 12 weeks or something, 13 weeks. Yeah. And, um, I, I almost forgot what he was like in a way, you know what I mean? Cause it's been so long since I've sat with him in a way, like I always know him, yeah. but so I'm listening to it and I'm like, holy shit, maybe I went too far with him. And then we're like halfway through the episode and we both just start laughing and we move on to something else. <laughs> and it was like, that's what we did. You know, that was what the show was. I, I feel like Chris just, like, I know you beat yourself up about that, but it's, like, I think Chris seemed to have an understanding of, like, that was kind of the show, but I'm, like, I'm from, like, what your guys' like, friendship seemed, like, privately was, like, supportive, you know? Yeah, definitely. On the show, like, on the show, he would act like he didn't care about anything, and he was, like you know, Mr., you know, whatever, and I would be like, you're full of shit, you know what I mean? That was the thing on the show. But it's it's very, like, yeah. it's very hard to look back at it. But what movie are you going to see uh, tonight? Uh, actually, I'm going to see that beautiful boy with uh, Steve Carell, and it's Timothy Chalamet or whatever from... It's about if he's the son's a drug addict. I know, the dude That's who wrote it. it, the dude who wrote it is coming on Dopey next month, David Sheff. Shut up, really? Yeah. yeah I'm gonna, it just came out today. Well, I think it came out last week in the space, but it's the first day it's out here. So. All right, next week, next week, you do the Hot Girl Fuck by Life movie review. Absolutely. Yeah. I also remember I have the, um, the crazy sex dungeon story. Oh, do you, want, do you want to tell that really quick? No, I have to save it. All right. We, I, I, I have to save it only because I. It's like it's not a long story, but I'm gonna be late. All right, go go go! Thank you for calling in, or thank you for letting me call you. <laughs> okay, you guys have a have a good one. Also, everyone who's listening, take care of your recovery because it's important. <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> goodbye. Okay, have fun. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Jim left. Jim, say goodbye to Alana. Goodbye, Alana. Jim, you missed you missed all of her stuff about anal sex, and Jim is, has has always been an expert in such matters. But um, I digress. So my friend Greg, who is on the show, just popped in. Say hello. Hey guys. 
And uh, Jim missed the stuff with the hot girl fuck by life interview, and I was distracted because Greg left, but who cares? You would have loved the anal stuff. I, I'm sure I will hear it soon enough. Well, you think so? I'll listen to the What episode. she said was, just because I, I want to hear your opinion about this. Oh, boy. What she said, she lives with a gay guy, and she said that lately he's, he has a new boyfriend, and he's constantly fucking the boyfriend, or the boyfriend is constantly fucking him, uh-huh. and she never had anal sex. Okay. But she said that when she hears gay anal sex, it sounds nothing like vaginal sex because it sounds like pain. And I want to see if... How does it, what do you mean it sounds like pain? She hears abrasion and screaming. Oh, God. Well, but she's also hearing... I don't know what like, gay anal sex is compared to straight anal sex. It might not be the same. I have no idea. Greg, do you have any opinions on this? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, All right. I mean, so Greg and Jim are going to leave now because they're useless. <laughs> and uh, we're going to throw to a dopey I'll, story. I'll, I'll, I will say, a- anal sex like, shouldn't be painful if it's going to be enjoyable by people. I don't understand what... Happens. When I had anal sex, I was very scared. I couldn't believe I could take that whole thing at once. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, here's a voicemail. Anyway, Greg, do you have anything you want to say? No. How about you? When you first, when your butt was first violated by Godzingus, how was that? Taxi. <laughs> you have no comment. No comment. Have you ever heard gay anal sex, or st- have you ever had straight anal sex? Yeah, but it was pretty... Was it loud and abrasive? When I had it, it was not loud and abrasive. Yeah, I don't want to talk about loud and abrasive. You're supposed to use, you know... Lube, whatever. Yeah. If you're not, then it's a, that's a terrible idea. I just, but, but, you know, men are, like, have bigger orifices. I don't know. I just don't know that world that well. Yeah, I was a younger man and hadn't thought it through, really, and <laughs> it involves a lot more stuff than you're thinking. All right. Well, thank you. guys are totally not helpful. <laughs> but that's why Dopey's not about anal sex, you know, because yeah. whatever. Yeah. Here's a voicemail. Hold on. And then back to the war with uh, Dope Signation. I know this has been kind of a weird, chaotic, uh, dopey episode. But rather than play a voicemail, I'm going to have my good friend Greg, who's an amazing reader, read this uh, email that I really thought was funny. So read it. Dave, you son of a bitch. First... I want to say sorry for the grammar. Second, I want to say I started to listen about two to three weeks before Chris's passing. God damn, right? I am not going to go in on Lost. He means loss. I am not going to go in on Lost. We've all had people close to us pass away from this fucking thing. What's more fucked up is that we can know what this thing can fucking do and does and still do it. I learned, from, I learned from a young age about addiction. Father loved freebasing coke, in parentheses, soft slash girl. That's because they call coke soft and girl. And once we moved to Florida, he found crack, hard, iron, etc. I never heard that before. I understood about as much as you could, but still said, fuck this shit. I just got through three days of fucking burning shits and violent fucking puking and finally feeling like I'm a human today, still not sleeping. I am somewhat determined this time, you know, like anyone, how hard it is to talk to someone close to you about what is going on. I know it's going to sound fucking weird or stalky, but you kind of helped me with this decision to go for it again. I am working on day four now. I am not going to go in on rehab at 23 in Florida, Bible-based. They said I was the worst fucking thing that walked into that facility. 
really quick. The day I went to rehab at 9 a.m. in the morning, I ate a handful of Xanax, handful of Perk, took about three to four swigs of the Henny, and walked up smoking a blunt with a wash basket full of clothes and CDs that I had to lie and tell them that they were Christian-based so they wouldn't take, take my Johnny Cash or Modest Mouse, LMAO. That means laugh my ass off. I knew that one. Or any of the crazy shit I was doing before I met my beautiful wife, Dee, at 29 in South Carolina. I got the story of hiding the tar, et cetera, pills, blah, blah. I got stories from high school and beyond. But let me just tell you where I was at right before this last sober period. So my wife had a serious brain surgery, and after she got better and was cleared, we fucking left for the great Northwest. I heard you can make like 50 bucks an hour in Washington with the unions, which is double what I was making in North Carolina, actually making fucking 60 an hour, which is crazy because I couldn't make more than 16 in Florida and 24 in North Carolina. It's a lot of money talk. Anyways, bought some methadone bottle before I left and started working. I was desperate for something, anything. Insurance will take a while to kick in for the doctor route. I didn't want to get arrested, so I reverted back to my mass knowledge of opiates and started to look for unwashed poppy seeds. You have to know what you're looking for. McCormick won't work, LMAO. Dave, let me tell you, I don't ever tell anyone this because I don't want them to do it. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't let's, let's not read this part. Because <laughs> I, I, this, this, I hear stuff, this stuff, stuff about this all the time and I don't want to do this part on Dopey. So here, let's go to here. I started listening at work and it just pushed. So thank you. Sorry for the poorly written letter and let me know if you would like me to write, probably not write, LMAO, or leave a voicemail or call in and talk more about this poppies thing. All right, so <laughs> read about the poppies thing. Fuck it. Here. Listen, Dopey Nation, like, I hate that we're going to read this thing. Like, I don't, do you think it's a bad idea to read this thing? I don't, know what it, I don't know what it says. Dave, let me tell you. I don't ever tell anyone this because I don't want them to do it because that tea will fuck your inside after you stop. But while you're taking it, god damn, that shit would have you nodding like a motherfucker off one or two pounds of tea. Let's skip forward a little more. So this last summer, I'm in deep and a few years in on this vicious cycle. I was now growing poppies in my backyard, like 300 of these fuckers. It made about 14 grams of opium, probably more. I can't remember. I was on dope, thanks to the DEA report from the 70s for this info. I was also taking three to four pounds a day of poppy seed tea that I was getting 50-pound bags of and popping perks and or vikes by the handful from the doctor and still working like nothing was wrong. So like you can see, I was violently ill these last few days because I just fucking said I am done. All right, back, back to the end. Uh, I always feel better for letting this shit out. Anyway, thanks. And love the last one with your wife. Made me almost fucking cry. Almost. Interesting. Almost. Always love the Brandon Novak ones, too. I grew up a skater punk, so hits home. Hopefully, I hear from you and talk soon. P.S. Sorry again about the writing, but I'm sick and literate. He I'm means <laughs> illiterate. <laughs> Not totally. Ace. Garachi, not my real name. Now that's a crazy email, right? Did you know about that you can make tea from poppy seeds and just get? I've never heard of a dope fiend growing poppies and making opium. I've never heard of that. Like I've never heard of that in my life. Like I've always imagined it, but I've never heard of it. Isn't that crazy? In in, in college, they were selling opium at 
but when I, when I went. But it was never really opium. I, I agree, because it didn't do much. No, I, I, I bought opium in college, too. It was incense that they sold online. All right, now you guys can go. It was really, I'm glad, unless you have a comment. You have no, a comment that was, no, that was great to see you. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see you. I'll see you in a bit. Okay. All right. So, I don't know, you guys. The fucking war on the dope-sick nation is about to take a much weirder turn. Um, here we go. Special guest. Hello? Allie. Hey. So you're on the show, but let me... I didn't introduce you properly. All we've done is talk shit about your show so far. Oh, good. Um, on the phone... And how do I say your last name right? Severino. On the phone is Ali Severino, one of the hosts of Dope Sick Nation. Um, she actually... You know, I was trying to get her on the show. Like, I've explained everything, and we had a couple people call in and talk some shit about Vice... But no one talks shit about you, which is good. That's good. Right? Yeah. And, yeah, uh, um, but Allie's on the show, and I think this is a chance for Dopey and Dope Sick Nation to make peace now, because I didn't expect you ever to come on the show. Well, I'm excited to be on. I would love to make peace. See, I didn't understand the original beef, but I get it now. I did my research on it, and I see, I see it. I can see it. So, yeah, tell me what think you think. So, you know that our original title was different for our show. Yeah, American right? Junkie. It was, it was, which was very offensive to a lot of people. Mm. So, you know what I mean? Because Junkie's derogatory. I didn't really love the name. You know what I mean? Um, I like American Junkie because it's like American Psycho. They could have had beef with you for stealing their name. Right. <laughs> that would have that would have been fun too but I think this is actually a lot a lot better I don't know I'd rather have beef with you I think maybe than them yeah, well, I'm yeah so a, yes. they changed it there's a lot of, you know what I mean I, I get it I don't even like you know they changed a lot of terms in the show too to be more like have more empathy I guess which is cool do you have any so idea yeah, so you're saying nation and I had no idea I was just like okay cool different name <laughs> so when did the, when did the beef become something that you were aware of uh, I saw that you commented that Chris dies, I think, yeah. on a YouTube, and I thought you were talking about... Oh, no, that wasn't me. That was one of our fans. It was one of your fans? Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't know. So I was like, what is going on? And then I saw some on Twitter, and I was like, a poll. And I was like, you know, if I was part of their organization, maybe I'd probably think that we stole the name, too. So. Well, there you go. I was going to vote in the poll, but I didn't. <laughs> You you abstain from the vote. You could you. I, I thought abstain from voting, which means that I'm adding to the problem. Yes, I that's. I, I figured. <laughs> I figured you were one of the people that voted. Dave's an idiot. <laughs> no. Um. I don't know you well enough to vote that. Right. So um, what was I gonna say? So as far as you know, they changed the name from American Junkie to Dope mm -hmm. Sick Nation because American mm -hmm. Junkie was too derogatory. You know, right. um, the, the truth of the matter is, um, I know it, it sounds to me like I haven't seen the show. My wife watched the show today and she was like, why are you fighting with them? Their show is so much better than yours. Um, <laughs> they're actually helping people. She, she, her quote was, my wife's quote was, uh, it is raw and gritty and gives you an inside view uh, that has never been done before. You should watch the show before saying anything, is what Linda said. Wow. 
Her name is Linda? Yeah, her name is Linda. I love Linda. Wow. That is so nice. So do I. But I mean, like, listen, <laughs> I had no argument with that the show was doing good or the show was right. good. I just cared about the name and because... And also, like, Alana, this, this, this girl that listens to the show had just said, she thought that it was doubly difficult because this, your show came out right when Chris had died. And right. I think, like, I was freaking out, like, I didn't know how Dopey was going to survive. And then all of a sudden, Vice has a show called Dope Sick Nation. And I was like, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. tell me about how you got mixed into Dope Sick Nation. You know, it started a few years ago with, um, I, we created a doc movie down here in South Florida like three years ago called American Relapse, um, and we would just joke about it ever turning into a show, you know what I mean? Like, that was never... It was you and that dude, Frankie? Yeah, me and Frankie. So we kind of like, we're like, yeah, we'll do it, you know, and we showed up a few days and filmed with the crew, and it was, you know, an experience, I figured, you know, maybe I'll have some film of myself when I'm old of doing what I do now. That was kind of my goal out of it. Right. Was I'll have some documented footage of this craziness. Um, you know, and then they brought some part of it to Vice, Viceland, and they picked us up for a series at like the end of last year. And we filmed this year, so it was pretty cool, but it took a long time, you know? It was like one of those things like, yeah, okay, yeah, cool, we're making a TV show, okay. <laughs> and tell, tell, tell the Dopey Nation about what exactly the show was. Like, what was the film exactly? So, the film is a uh, very similar show. Basically, they follow me and my co-host, Frank, throughout our day. And what we do is we basically help people get into treatment. And obviously, that brings us into contact with a lot of craziness and just sad stories but at the end of the day we're trying to hand out scholarships mostly there are a lot of homeless clients you know what i mean that we're trying to help out um where were you sending them to we're sending them to private treatment centers the ones that like offered us scholarships like was it a bunch of them or was it one of them daylight detox where i work gave out they gave out like seven scholarships they give out two a month, but they gave out seven while we were filming, which is really cool. They're full scholarships. Um, yeah, full scholarships. The clients pay nothing. I had a they halfway. I had a halfway scholarship when I went to Renaissance, which was down there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, years and years ago now. You know, like fifteen years ago or something. Um, yeah. Before Karen took it over, um, but so you were giving out scholarships on the thing. And, and and you were mostly taking addicts just to treatment, and, and is that where the story would end with them? No, we follow them. We follow up with them throughout treatment. I mean, I still keep in contact with a lot of them, especially if they're still sober. You know what I mean? A lot of them message me a lot, because I like to visit them when they're in treatment, because they usually need food and clothes. If they need a scholarship, they usually don't have that support from any loved ones or friends for even basic necessities, especially when they get to the aftercare component. You know, so um, I hang out with them. And the film, it's basically, they film them a few days before going into so you can see what it's like, right? How shitty it is, what happens the day before treatment. Get their story to really build that uh, it's not just, you know, a person that's on drugs. It's a human. And this is their life. And this is what they're going through. This is some of their story. And I feel like that's made it a lot uh, more relatable to a lot more people, especially those who have struggled with addiction or maybe loved someone who has from the feedback I've gotten. So that's been cool. Yeah, and then we get them in, and we visit them on each level of care. 
yeah, drive them over. So is it more is it more treatmenty? It's not so much using, like there's no using. There's no. Oh, there's def- there's using in the show. Well, sure. how does that work? Where does that fit into it? So basically, like it's usually a couple days before the clients come into treatment. So the crew will usually spend. I'm not there, but they spend some time with them, seeing what their daily life is like, you know, and getting some like. Getting right, like the pre, the pre, the pre-treatment moment. Right. So you're there, yeah. and they, and that, it's like that's the intervention spot where the guy's getting high before the intervention, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They know they're going away. You know what I mean? But like, go through their life. Like, do they have to? Do they have an apartment that they have to pack up? Do they have to? You know, go talk to their parents. Do we have to go talk to their parents? Do they need to? Uh, you know. But a lot of them are homeless, but you get to see what it's like, you know, and like, you know, they have to go get their money. How do they get their money? Some of them prostitute, which obviously we don't film, but they tell us about it, um, or they flag a sign, you know, on 95 or whatever it is. Right. It's really just, and they, and then they're more open. Once they get to know you more, they'll tell you more about their life and how they really feel. And I feel like that's the most impactful part of the show. Right. Is when you, like, really hear them be honest about how they feel and how they feel about drugs and themselves and what they want for their future, too, you know? How did you meet Frankie? I have known Frankie for a while. Um, He's just been down here in Delray. My boyfriend actually helped him get, like, a ticket down here, and he detoxed on Blair's cap. Blair's my boyfriend on his couch in his office for like a week when he first came down to Delray probably like seven years ago. And so we've kind of just like been in and out of each other's circles here and there. And is your ambition to be, to work in the treatment industry somehow? I've, oh, I've been working in the treatment industry for about eight years now. Okay, so I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, yeah. <laughs> what are you going, so I guess you, were, you did vote Dave's an idiot. Um, yeah, forgive me. Um, so the, the, what's the goal is to, is to work in treatment, to continue like that kind of a career? Um, I mean, I'm definitely going to continue working at, you know, at the treatment center I work at, but I'm their scholarship coordinator. So it's like, you know, I, I basically have a list of people and I try and get them to fill out paperwork to see if we can get them in for free. Um, Mm. so beyond that, I'm going to be doing some harm reduction classes, I think. You know, just to teach people something other than abstinence. I know that that's what's most popular and what's most talked about, but there's also, like, a harm reduction component and different things that I don't feel like are talked about enough. Right. And I would like to at least educate people on that and what options are so at least they just don't die. Right. Um, you know, so... Right. So you, you were a heroin addict? Um, I was addicted to pills. What kind crack. of pills did you take? Oxys. And, and yeah, I was. Yeah, tell me about it a little bit. So I got. Um, I grew up here in South Florida, so we had a bunch of pill mills, basically, and I was just big on doctor shopping. I was going to like twelve doctors a month, and then I got busted when I was seventeen for selling drugs, like big, like a really decent sized bus, and um, I went to jail, got out, kept getting high on house arrest, kept getting high, kept getting high, kept getting high, and I ended up getting six years probation and court mandated to the Drug Abuse Foundation down here, which is the nonprofit rehab in Delray. And so I went there when I was 18 and basically started my journey. And here I am. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And like, let's say you're doing, 
you know, the pre-treatment segment with an addict, has anyone mm-hmm. overdosed? Like while they're getting yeah. high? We haven't had anyone overdose while we were there, but there's actually a scene on one of the episodes um, where one of our clients, he was actually one of Frankie's clients. I was looking for another client, and a lot of them hang out together on the railroad tracks in different, like, kind of like little tented areas, right? right? Like all the way down through Broward County. And so I was looking for this one girl, uh, Tabitha, and while looking for her, her boyfriend Kenny came to my car asking for Narcan, and it ended up being one of Frankie's clients, Chris, who was actually overdosing on the side of the railroad tracks. Wow. And thank God we were there because no one had a phone. The ones that did didn't want to call the cops because they were scared. And I gave this kid three nasal Narcans and it did nothing. Ended up having to do chest compressions and CPR. It was really scary. It was pretty scary. Wow. That's not so. Mm-hmm. It was, so, I mean, your show is actually... See, that's the worst thing about the dopey, dope-sick nation war. And, like, a lot of people in the dopey nation have brought this to my attention. That you guys are doing a good thing. You know, it's like you yeah. guys are doing a good... And we're doing a good thing. Um, totally. You guys might actually be doing a better thing than we are. And, and like, I'm just, like, a little bit of an egomaniac, and I hated to see the Dopey Nation get handed over to Vice. It hurt me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, now, there was something... Oh, yeah. And I guess I had talked to the producer of uh, Dope Sick Nation, and he had said that, uh, that Vice didn't want you to come on Dopey, which I loved to hear because it made me feel important, but that wasn't even the truth, was it? Well, we were doing some... Uh, you know, I was stressed out because I was kind of like, there was this whole Facebook thing going on just in South Florida. And then I did this... Uh, what I did was a, that? Uh, just a bunch of people down here that have the same job as me that I think wanted to do the show, right. too. But since it wasn't them, they were very upset about it. They were it. resentful. Yeah, they were very resentful. And that shit will kill you. You know what I mean? Yes, ma'am. That, that kind of anger, that kind of hate will really do some damage to a person. But anyway, so there were a bunch of them on Facebook and in real life, and they're making a really big deal about everything. And so I was like, I just want to take a minute and, like, not make any more drama, you know? Cause so did you hear, did you hear about the war, and you figured it was just going to be more of that kind of drama? Yeah. I was like, they're going to take me on and just, like, drag me. I was like, I can't deal with it right now. No, that's so <laughs> like funny. Like, I'll do it when I'm stronger. <laughs> that's so funny because the producer got really angry at me for tweeting so many really angry things. And he was like, mm-hmm. why are you being so slanderous? And I was like, I'm just trying to be funny and provocative. I, I said, it's called shtick. You know, I was just trying to be funny. And mm-hmm. um, and it's funny how these things can blow out of proportion. Um, but yeah. also, like, I caught a resentment against Vice and and I think it's it was good for me to channel my resentment into bullshit shtick, you know, because now here you right. are. What made you change your mind and come on? Well, I kind of I feel a lot better now. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the drama is kind of like faded away. And even if it's still there, like I feel I've, I haven't seen the show either. You know what I mean? So each week that there's a new episode, I'm seeing it for the first time, too. Right. So I think I was just like I had a lot of nerves. Like I'm just a regular person. Right. Who's like, you know, now on Vice Land. Right. And I was just like stressed out, you know, and now I feel a little bit more, you know, confident, a little not as stressed out. And so I'm like, all right. Well, you sound good. In the world. 
And after after you got clean, how did you stay clean? Like, what was your technique? Um, I went to meetings. You know what I mean. I was yeah. really involved. Um, you, do you still go? I still go. Yeah. So like, I do. I keep my anonymity pretty well on the show. Just I see you guys do that also, which I love. What's you know that? what I mean. So I don't. You guys keep your anonymity pretty well. Well, I mean, I'm dopey. I do. do. I do, and Chris yeah. did because uh, Chris was worried. Chris told some crazy stories. We both told some crazy stories. Chris's were mm-hmm. were crazier, and he was getting his uh, PhD in psychology, and he was scared he wasn't going to get past the board if anybody ever listened to right. the ridiculous stuff he did. And then, uh-huh. and for me, I just didn't want my daughter's friends to Google our last name and see heroin addict. You know, right. I, I just figured like. And also, when we started the show, it wasn't about recovery. It was just about the worst, you know, the funniest, worst, craziest drug stories. And it just sort of became about recovery. And it must, is that hard for you to have your your name out there? Or, I bet it's both. I bet it's like, it's good and bad. Yeah, it's both. It's been out there, you know, locally. Like, I've been in a couple news publications because I had a magazine when I was really young focused on, like, addiction and recovery and stuff. Um, what was that? But yeah, it was called Fresh Start. And so it was like a local magazine, and I used to try and help us, uh, like help kids with their halfway house rent. And I would sell ads. It was a free magazine. I would sell all the ads to the rehab center. That's kind of how they knew about my name right. and how they contacted. You know what I mean? Um, so you're a real do-gooder. You've always been a there. since you got clean. I've you've tried. been you've been a yeah. total do-gooder, huh? I've been trying to, yeah. That's so good. I mean, yeah, I feel like such I'm... a jerk now. Jesus. No. <laughs> Don't. I'm excited that we got to talk. I hope that we're able to benefit each other. Well, I have, I have like, a lot more... Dopey Nation should be Dopey Nation. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that our people listen to you guys and you guys watch us. That, that would be really cool. Well, I know. Because, like, after Chris died, a couple of Dopey guys set up a Facebook page called Dopey Nation, which is a closed group of Dopey fans. And uh, mm-hmm. and somebody posted, you know, even though Dave has this beef with Dope Sick Nation, I think that show's pretty good. And a bunch of people are like, they, they're talking about you and Frankie. And I'm like, motherfucker, don't you know we're at war? What are you doing? This is war, bitch. And then a bunch of people are also like, Dave's an idiot. Like, Dave, like, get your ego, get your ego on check. Or, and it wasn't my ego. I just think, like, because I've been saying stay strong, Dopey Nation, for three years, and and it meant something. So, like, when right. Dope Sick Nation popped up, it just, like, I, also, I was fucking, if Chris was alive, like, it would have been so fun to do this. Yeah. But since he wasn't alive, it was, like, weird and bittersweet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I do. I do understand that feeling. Would you, um... And that's why I'm glad that you had fun. You know what I mean? I hope that at least it, it like, did anything beneficial for you at all. It you did. Know, I love to rant on people and fuck with people. It's, I love doing that. So. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> so you get you get my drift. You understood the whole thing. Yeah. Deal. Um, now, okay. the one of the main points of Dopey is, like, to tell horrible drug stories. And I'm wondering if you can think of some crazy, funny drug story that you could share with the Dopey Nation. A uh, good drug story. Or a funny recovery story. Just some stupid Funny fucking... recovery. You know, so right before I got arrested, 
right? So when I got arrested, like that was, it was got a little bit more intense. Before that, I had decided that I was going to be a big, I, you know, would talk about my hopes and dreams, my best friend, Zach, who's my neighbor, and he wanted to work at an animal hospital as a career and steal all their ketamine. And I wanted to be like this big, really big drug dealer, right? And so a couple years went by and he was robbing all these animal hospitals for their ketamine and I was selling drugs and we hadn't really thought that we arrived. Well, drug addiction kicked in and I had no drugs and I had no money and I owed money. I don't even know if this is a really good story, but I ended up selling soapy water to my neighbor. As ketamine? As oxydose. They used to have this stuff called oxydose and you would put it under your tongue. It was, it sucked anyway. I still did it, but yeah, I still did as oxydose. And then, um, and then I did acid and I didn't realize the person I had sold it to had like this drug dealer that had just gotten out of prison, like lived with them. And I was like on his turf and I did this acid and I came home with Zach and, uh, our house was surrounded by people with weapons and we were tripping out so bad. <laughs> Did he tell you we when did, you were when you were tripping? We saw them. We couldn't get where I was like I had another drug dealer like guy who I would send him to doctors living at my house, big gay Mike, and he texted me like, I don't know what you idiots did, but our house is surrounded. Like, don't come back here, but we were already there in the parking lot. And we're like tripping really hard and we didn't like know what to do and we were also like seeing a lot of shit. And it was <laughs> And we couldn't stop laughing either. We were trying to be quiet. That was, was a funny but scary memory. We ended up getting into the house through a window and trying to barricade ourselves in. And we had, like, these very awkward homemade weapons, like, in, <laughs> in every room, like, just in case. Just in case. And an emergency plan and nothing ever happened. I don't even know if they were really there. I still don't. I don't know. A lot of stuff is shifty that night. I understand completely. Strange. I yeah. understand completely. I have to say, um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I, it's so funny because if you listen to this episode, and I don't recommend you listen to this episode. There's, oh, no, am I going to be mad? <laughs> you might be. We talk a lot of shit. I mean, I play very much the middle of the middle of the field. But I have a bunch of people talking major shit about Vice. And, um, you know, this this one listener talks some major conspiracy theories about Vice. But um, you are uh, incredibly cool to come on. And we did not give anybody any credence. We I'm a, a real, very uh, unbiased journalist just uh, okay. sitting in the middle of the field. But okay. the beef was, was real and now the war is, is over, I guess. Okay, well, I hope the word, I, I'll wave my side white flag if that helps you raise yours up well, any easier. This is what Not I want you to do. mine was ever, like, going hard. Yeah, you, you really didn't even know. We were like a, a fly <laughs> buzzing around your fucking head. Yeah. Yeah, you say yeah. It's like, Sorry. you hear this dopey nation? They didn't even know we were at war. It's fucking bullshit. Um, I knew. Yeah, now now they knew. Somebody knew. That was the other thing, is that my fans were so sure that Vice knew everything. It was this great, right. juicy conspiracy of how important we were. <laughs> um, which I love. You know, I love that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but what I would love for you to do is, um, because we have a lot of listeners who are still struggling, obviously, and uh, who often need a place to go. 
So if there was any way you could like talk to some people about maybe setting up a, a, a scholarship for our people, or we could throw some people your way. Um, totally. Cause we have people that need help, you know? And, yeah. uh, and that would be a real great end to the feud. Let's do that. That would be awesome. Cause I have a scholarship bed for all detox and PHP and everything. I have one open for this month so we can talk. You know what I mean? If you want, call me tomorrow and we'll figure out a way. It's hard. The hardest thing with scholarships is picking the person who gets it. That's what always breaks my heart. You know what I mean? Right. But if you like, you have someone who's been asking you for a long time, you know, and if I can help in any way and it's like. Well, nobody's we asked me anyway, because I haven't been able to do anything. All I tell to people do to do it, is right. go to meetings, you know? Yeah. Totally. And when you, well, let's figure it out. Well, I think that, you know, so you heard it here. Like, if you guys are out there and you can't get your shit together, this is a possible relief, you know? And, um, and Allie, I don't know if you're going to listen to the episode, but if you do, don't hold it against me and accept, <laughs> accept my, my prompt apology now that maybe we went a little too far. But it was all in the good fun of the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's all good. It's all good. I hope you guys had fun. That's all. And I hope, please, I'm sure everyone had fun and laughed while they were listening to it. So. And what I really want you to do is, uh, mm-hmm. is, is think about the worst dopey story that you have and call back okay. in another time with it. I would love that. I will. You I will know. totally do that. All right. And keep doing the good yeah. work. And if you need anything from us, you have my number. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Allie. Have a good one. I appreciate right. it. Bye. Later. So that was Ali Severino from the Dope Sick Nation. You know, it's so weird to make peace with them, I have to say. I feel like I prefer war, right? I mean, you guys have known me your whole life. Yeah, I'm very surprised that it went so peacefully. I am not, because you are guilt. I am not surprised, because you are a very guilty motherfucker. And, and I, I'm, I have the feeling that whatever peace... I, I, Okay, honestly, I didn't listen to what just happened, so I'm going to have to find out later. She does a show where she helps addicts, and she places addicts into treatment, and she wasn't even aware of our show. Okay. But Sam thinks that Vice was aware. No, she wasn't aware. We're like a fly buzzing around an elephant's ass. You know, they don't care. Elephants don't care. You're like, oh, elephant, you're so big and mighty, and your shit smells so delicious, but they don't notice you. Are we talking about anal again? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. They did not care about us. She didn't know. Well, I'm just not quite sure what, who they are. I, I, it sounds like you believe that she had nothing to do with it, but that you don't believe that the whole organization is... Is scot-free? Yes. Listen, what am I going to do? She just came on the show yeah. in good faith yeah. to make peace and promote her show on my show. Okay. So I was used and abused by this corporate entity again, is your point. But perhaps you also benefited. How did I benefit? Well, you I and mean, whatever you know, people interested in their show might listen to your show because they like her. How are they going to know? Their people who don't listen to their show aren't going to know that she came on my show. No? No. They follow her. She's not going to mention it. She doesn't care. Anyway, let's be more, <laughs> let's more, let's be more positive about this. To be more positive about this, they're doing a good thing. We're better off not at war with Dope Sick Nation. Dopey Nation, what do you guys think? You think, you think this was, was I a pussy? Did I back down? I think that you think you were a pussy and that you think you backed down. And I feel like you have a, 
you have a desire to like make everyone comfortable around, like uncomfortable to some degree, but also at the end you want there to be good feelings. So yes. with this individual, I'm sure you had a nice yes. end to it was the conversation. Nice. It was nice. But there's I'm she's also, a wonderful girl. This Ali said right now. Very, I, I have a feeling that underneath you somehow there's you're not content with this peace. Yes, I'm not content with the peace. We'll no. see, right? There's other news. Greg, Greg what, why don't you, what's up with you? What are you up to? <laughs> Not too much. Uh, yeah, I'm doing a play. How's it going? The Thanksgiving play? Come you... see it. <laughs> Greg's Playwrights in a... Horizons. Playwrights Horizons. Thanksgiving play. Check it out. I have more important news than your stupid play. Yeah, please. Do you guys remember, by chance, a certain cookie that I had created? It might be called... Black and White in Every Bite? Othello. The black and white cookie that's black and white in every bite. It's the best thing that happened to cookies since milk. Do you guys remember this thing? Uh, yeah, we remember. It was in delicious. fact, Greg was the one who, I have to be honest, you know, there's the white on white cookie, which is all of the privilege and none of the guilt. And then Greg coined the phrase for the black on black cookie, which I took credit for, but now I'm being honest. Greg's racist phrase, so delicious it should be a crime. Right, Greg? I don't remember that at all. Anyway. So I don't know if you're aware of this, but on the Lower East Side, there's an ice cream parlor called Mikey Likes It Ice Cream. Are you aware of this? He's a, an African-American gentleman who grew up uh, on the Lower East Side, and he started this ice cream parlor. I guess he used to run in the streets, this and that. He has an ice cream parlor on 12th Street, and he has an ice cream parlor in Harlem. And... Um, he came to my restaurant, and I pitched him the cookie, and he wants to do it. What? Not only that... Has he tasted it? No, it doesn't exist. He, <laughs> he connected me with a Muslim baker in Brooklyn Damn. named Abu. Me, Abu, and Mikey Likes It are putting out the Othello cookie. What? Congratulations. That's amazing. What do you think? I think that's amazing. And all racist overtones are now, uh-oh. Here, here comes my dad. What do you have to say? Uh, you got the website, OthelloCookie.com. Wow, OthelloCookie.com. Oh, nice. Now, come here, come here, come here, come here. Now, now Jim had brought up uh, a certain story about your past. And um, before we go, uh, why don't you tell the classic Alan Eclipse story? Oh, that's the 7-Eleven Eclipse, yeah. 19, uh, wow. 87. 19, no, it wasn't. 85? No, I think it was going to be uh, 91. Big eclipse. Dad, well, tell the story but this nicely. This nothing to do, has nothing to do with Dopey. It has everything to do with it. I don't think I would be doing Dopey if it wasn't for your stupid eclipse idea. That, really? I don't know if that's true. I just said that to make you feel good. Uh, anyway, it was a major eclipse, eight minutes in Hawaii, and uh, it was on 7-11, um, which is July 11th. Hold on, Dad. Yes. What do you usually contribute to Dopey that has anything to do with Dopey? The time you were freebasing crystal meth? I never freebased That's anything. my point. You don't have any drug stories anyway. So no, how do you... How the do only you... drug stories I have is dealing with you. That's the only drug stories I have. Well, you've told all of those. Not everyone. Well, you want to you want to say share one of those? Well, the time that you were on uh, Madison, it was Fifth Avenue and Twenty Third Street, running down the street, screaming and yelling at me, and saying that you didn't want to uh, you didn't want to come back home. You were running away. You were, you were 
That never happened. It did happen. How did they prove it? What ha- tell me this. How, how am I supposed to prove it? What were we it? doing there? Yeah, I don't know. You were in. You were not in great shape. It was. It was not I, a good day. And and bleep, the, the eclipse story is not great. So the I eclipse don't know story what, is much better than that story. No, the eclipse. The, what happened with the eclipse story is is that I contacted the Seven Eleven Corporation to sponsor it. No, no, you're not setting this up. Nicely. I wait. I also sent letters to Just every wait, country wait, 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 in, you're not, in, you're in not, Central you're not America. You're not telling the story nicely, though. It. Here's the thing. It's the late 80s. My father is a science teacher. He finds out that in Hawaii and in places in Central America, for on the July 11th, there will be a solar, a full solar eclipse, a, a total eclipse of the sun. Correct. So Absolutely right. My father, who is a more scientist than businessman, <laughs> sees this as some sort of business opportunity, and he says to himself in Hawaii, in Costa Rica, in a, a few other countries. Mexico. In Mexico, there should be some sort of, to- did you guys hear about this story? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He also had this dumb idea about importing Chinese army knives, but that didn't work either. But anyway. They broke. <laughs> they were terrible, terrible knives. But um, with the Eclipse, he decided that if he hooks up with Eclipse car, Mitsubishi Eclipse, Corona beer. Correct. 7-Eleven. Um, You're saying it very well. He, I can tell a story. Yeah. He can, um, he could somehow make money from create from creating a, a tourist thing. And you guys, please feel free to jump in. No, and, and we contacted Sachi and Sachi. Yeah, My father was, contacts his childhood friend, who's a congressman, and he says, "I think we can get rich off this thing." And the he con- also said it was the only good idea I ever had. I mean, and it was the worst idea you've ever had. <laughs> that, was, that was the best. Then, so he contacts this major advertising firm, Saatchi and Saatchi, who says, okay, well, we'd like to be in business with your 7-Eleven Eclipse. That sounds great. And, uh, and my dad's very excited. The house was buzzing. In fact, he was so excited, at the same time, he started writing a, a series of children detective stories called J.J. and the Jelly Beans. I did not he, know this part. He was so ambitious at the time. Well, wait, but isn't the bottom line here that there was, you, you, you registered no copyrights, you, you had, there was no... Uh, no, 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 no. But, but then he writes a letter to the king no. of Costa Rica. Costa Rica doesn't have a king. Was it the, king, the Duke of Dominican Republic? Where did you write? It, it, there, was, there was civil wars going on in, in Central America, and... Uh, and the, the eclipse was going to go right through Central America, where everybody's killing each other. So I wrote, I wrote to the to the the uh, ambassador to the United Nations from one of the countries. I think it was Nicaragua, saying, "Why don't you guys, why don't you guys have have a little ceasefire and and celebrate the eclipse and get some money? You know, Maybe have some a Corona and, and they, drive a Mitsubishi right, eclipse at the same stop, time. Stop killing each other and, they, and you know cash in on this eclipse." And I got a letter back from uh, from the ambassador, and he's saying he's saying it was a pretty good idea, but we're not doing anything about it. And then what happened? Well, then what happened was the the Seven Eleven Corporation, through which Southland was going out of business. They they were having major major difficulties. Since then, they've totally bounced and, back. Maybe oh, because yes, on the back of yes. your eclipse. And then idea. the guy writes me that Seven Eleven doesn't have a, have any stores in Hawaii, and I said, well, well you don't need stores in Hawaii. You, what, what you're going to do is donate all the money on that day to set up an educational fund, and the winner of the of the contest would be sent to Hawaii to see the eclipse. And they were all in favor of it until they decided they were going out of business. And 
in any case, to end the story, the eclipse occurs. It's inc absolutely incredible. It's wonderful. And absolutely, absolutely nothing is made by my corporation, the 7-Eleven Eclipse Corporation. This is the best it was part of the over. And you know, two, three years go by, and all of a sudden, I get a letter from New York State addressed to me saying that I owe $3,000 in, in taxes for this corporation. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm the president. So I go to my friend, the congressman, and I say, what is this? He said, don't worry, I'll take care of everything. So I say, great, terrific. Anyway, two weeks later, I get another letter saying you owe $3,000. And I'm getting really nervous. And he said, and my friend said, he, he spoke to the Secretary of State of New York State, who controls corporations, and there's a phone number down there. So I'm in school one day, and I decide I'm going to call this, this person up. And in those days, no cell phones. So I went into the art room where there was a phone. I get on the phone, and I call. And the woman answers, and I said, you know, this is who I am. And uh, I got a letter saying that we owe $3,000 from the 7-Eleven Corporation. Then I said, didn't my friend, the congressman, call you know, to check things out? He said, well, she said, well, I don't know if he called or not. So, but, so I said, well, what's the situation? So she says, you owe $3,000. And I screamed, and there's 35 kids in the class, and I screamed, before I pay $3,000, I'd rather go to jail. And then she says, calm down, calm down. And, 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 <laughs> and she, says, she says, do you mind if New York State takes the name of your corporation? I said, no, you can have the name. And she says, do you mind if New York State takes all the assets of your corporation? She says, no. I said, no, you can take all the assets. She says, well, all right, then you don't owe any money. So that was, that was the end of, 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 of the situation. Well, wait, wait, wait. I, I, <laughs> the reason I brought that whole story up was because I thought that the end of the story was that that 7-Eleven or Eclipse or somebody ended up doing something about this, but not giving you credit and making money, which was what, what we're talking oh, about today. Oh, tie-in. Ah, oh, no, well, in, in reality, Saatchi and Saatchi was going to take 50% of everything from advertising except from the 7-Eleven Corporation, because that one I sold up. So we were going to get 80% of anything 7-Eleven paid, and Saatchi and Saatchi was going to get 50% of the Corona beer. Who cares? There was nothing. And we but, got nothing. But, nothing. but no one did anything. <laughs> they tried. They didn't accomplish anything. Okay. Well, there's nothing happened there. Okay. And this has nothing to do with dopey. No, it does. It's the <laughs> dumb shit portion of dopey. <laughs> but the oh, question... True. That is true. The yes. question is this. I just... Just to kept catch you up here. Yeah. We went to war with Vice. Oh. We had... Alana, hot girl, fucked by life, Dirksen claiming that it's Vice's anti-Semitism that didn't allow them to put Dopey on. Then out of the blue, uh, the woman who hosts Dope Sick Nation called onto the show. Oh, no kidding. So what do you think, Dad? I, well, you think we should well, have I, peace with them? Of, well, peace is always better than war. You know that. So you think now there's pe there should be peace in the valley? Well, I, I Can have... Can you try to focus on talking into the mic? You look, you look over there, you put your mouth in your gym. Just, can you just please fucking pretend that you want to talk into the mic? And then after the show is over, he goes, David, I think there's something wrong with the sound. I, I was so quiet. It's like fucking talking to the microphone. Listen, everybody should know how professional you are, so I understand that it's important for me to talk well, into I, the microphone. They don't have to listen to you complain about I'm, how the show sucks. Well, usually the David, sound is awful. I don't think I was loud enough on this episode. No, it's usually the other people who aren't loud enough. Anyway, 
By the way, he insulted me a lot on the last time I, I was on. I insulted him so much. But he had to delete it. He was so episode. upset. I, I was such a brat to my dad on the last... This is two weeks in a row he's on. We're not going to make this... I talk loud. We're not going to make this a recurring thing every week. But he was on last week uh, at the end of the episode. And I was such a jerk to my dad. I'm listening to the episode on the train. And I'm like, I can't let them hear me scream at my no, father. Really, like right. So I started deleting stuff out. Because it was just, I was like cursing at him. Like, read it. <laughs> it was terrible. But yeah, of course, he did, he did tell you that, uh, that I was sitting here for half an hour talking into this microphone. But he had never plugged into the microphone, into his computer. I told so, that story. Yeah, but, but you didn't say that I was the one who was sitting here for 20 minutes talking into nothing. That was the saddest moment where it was like, hello and welcome to Dopey. I'm Dave, and it's like, and I'm Alan. It's like, what the hell? You no, know, no, no, that's not true. He says I'm reduced to having my father here. <laughs> well, it was it was a real rude awakening for a second there. I really thought that Dopey, the but second. I, I, I want to get I want to get serious. What I is don't, the, I don't want you to get serious. Well, forget. What does anti-Semitism have to do with vice? What was I don't that all know. about? That sounds yeah, like nonsense someone, to me. Someone, someone thought that, like a high up exec who is a known right-winger didn't want to hear like Davy's Jewy voice on it. His Jewy shtick yeah, on, his Jewy on shtick. Doping. Well, on, on their if, version of doping. If this, if this major, I mean, if this is just hearsay, but if this major executive is a right-wing nutcase, then, then you should be at war with him. <laughs> but, but, so what's the situation right now? It seems that the war is over. It oh. seems like we're going to celebrate with a couple of Othello cookies and see what's up. And that's the end. Oh, so why did the woman call in? What, how did she sound? She sounded very nice. But uh, I, I wonder what the Dopey Nation thinks. Now, before we go, because I think we have to go, um, I don't know. Should I play a quick voicemail before we go? Is there not enough Dopey? I'll play, play a quick voicemail. and uh, But first, why don't we do the old... Uh, iTunes review of the week. Uh, and uh, Jim, or let's have Greg do it because Jim can't speak right now. Let's see if I can. Oh, that's not it. That's not the iTunes review of the week. Let's see if I can find it. All right, so here is the dopey review of the week. I love to tell. No, here, you gotta read, you gotta oh, read the thing. Sorry. Not funny. One star by E. Lisa. August 10th, 2017. I love to tell, listen to stories of addiction and recovery. It doesn't take a lot to entertain me, and I still found this podcast to be utter dog shit. The guys have no real interesting personalities, and the guests are guys and girls in meetings that you can't stand listening to them share. It's like being in a really bad meeting with no timer, 10 crazy people, and a coffee pot, or more like a day room at a rehab. Yeah, that's an old review, but that's a real gem. I love that review. Here, now, here, read, read a new one. Here, this is a nice one. Addicted to Dave, five stars by Luba Y, October 10th, 2018. I've been listening to Dopey for a couple years now, and Chris's death was a lot harder on me than a stranger's, in, in quotes, death normally is on someone. But Dave is doing an amazing job with the show. I'm not afflicted, but Dopey is so good that even someone who is not afflicted can relate to all of the themes of the show, such as emotional struggles, numbing emotional pain, dealing with pain through humor, etc. Great job, Dave. And keep it going. 
Dopey Nation loves you. That's not, why are you reading with such a terrible inflection of that? <laughs> Can't you read it nicely? Here, read this one nicely with your with a real Greg thing. Not not Kate. It is not Casey Kasem's countdown. Come on. Obsessed with this podcast. No, just read it nicely. <laughs> Obsessed with this podcast. Five stars by Chelsea Nicole Seven, October seventh, two thousand eighteen. I recently stumbled across Dopey and haven't been able to stop listening. I love hearing their stories and the dynamic between the two hosts. Dopey is fantastic, and so are Dave and Chris. I think that one was written uh, uh, after Chris died, and she didn't know, and she wrote the review. Isn't that just the saddest thing? Yeah. Um, what do you got? Great way to end. You think so? No. Why not? What do you you think I should do? No, this is great. What's good about it? It's just real sad. Get into the microphone. What are you doing? Yo, check. Now, before we end, uh, Jim wants to promote his website. You don't want to promote your website? Jim is an amazing master sculptor who studied uh, realistic human sculpture in St. Petersburg, Russia. It's at jamessondow.com. That is not correct. Well, why don't you do it? I don't fucking run your website. It's sondowsculpture.com. S-O-N-D-O-W-S-C-U-L-P-T-U-R-E.com. Sondow Sculpture. You're not going to believe how talented Jim is. I mean, I'm sure you have some sense from how amazingly dynamic he was on this episode. <laughs> but um, before we go, I'm going to play a quick voicemail, and then we're going to say goodbye. Hold on. This is this guy, Jerry. Jerry thinks he should be the new host of Dopey. Does he have an accent? No. Oh. Why? you got to talk louder. Where are they? Yes. <laughs> I just thought it was someone who I'd heard before. I'm going to probably mix it up now. That's really very dynamic know, and helpful man. to add. Hold on for one second. I thought you were, you never let me know when we're actually recording here. Hold on, here's Jerry. Hey Dave, this is Jerry. I am now finally officially submitting my first voice memo. I go way back uh, to 2016. I think I am on record as being uh, one of your earliest uh, Dopey Podcast fans. So, um, my story is relatively recent, um, was on kind of the tail end of a three day, uh, binge, um, alcohol and stimulants, uh, cocaine in this scenario are my, uh, are my jam. Uh, but it was a, a, a fun yet rough, uh, three days. And, uh, on the tail end of that, I left a, a downtown bar, um, thinking sometime around last call and I somehow found my way to a downtown portalette and passed out in the same said portalette, uh, only to wake up somewhere around four thirty in the morning to a very loud banging on the portalette. And, uh, when I finally collected myself, uh, up to open the door, there was a very, uh, upset homeless woman that was trying to get in and her uh, anger kind of turned into shock and awe when she saw me because I had not only urinated myself but also how do you say uh, shat myself so pretty embarrassing uh, not one of my finer moments so uh, she was nice enough actually to offer me a change of clothes I'm not sure what that would have looked like but at that point, I basically just ran away and uh, spent the next uh, probably hour or so trying to clean up at a gas station bathroom and ultimately uh, 
find my, my way home. So, um, hopefully this, this is a, uh, true hit him with a dopey. Um, again, not one of my finer <laughs> moments, uh, in, uh, in life, but I did want to share that one with you. I hope you get the opportunity to, uh, play this. So stay strong, dope, dopey nation and toodles. All right. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, great, uh, dopey shitting yourself story. You didn't hear it. Some homeless person wound up giving, uh, Jerry their clothes. I found that to be very compelling. Uh, Jerry, where do you live? What's a Porto sat? I don't know what that is, but I'm assuming it's like, uh, whatchamacallit, um, you know, like, uh, where you, uh, what do you call the thing? Porta potty? Porta potty. That's what I'm looking for. Anyway, uh, long episode, war and peace with the dope sick nation. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to live with peace with the dope sick nation, but, uh, Allie was very gracious and cool to come on. So we're going to have to have peace. You guys have any, anything you want to say? So we'll say, uh, leave a review. Uh, do you guys want to fight with Dope Sick Nation still? Or is, is it time to have peace in the valley? Uh, write an email. Send in a voicemail. Uh, very soon we're going to do a whole Dopey Nation, Dopey episode, you know, focusing on all the goodwill and good folks in the Dopey Nation. I'm excited about that. And um, stay strong, everybody. And toodles for Chris. And uh, go on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. You don't want to say goodbye? You got nothing to say? Stay strong, dopey nation. Greggy? Peace. Do I start freestyling now? No, not yet. Okay. Uh, why don't you... We could check out Greg at the Thanksgiving play. You could check out Jim's work at uh, sandosculpture.com. You could check out my dad's old eclipse company at uh, stupid711eclipse.org. Thank you and good night. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. I want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. Shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. And I wonder would they pay it any mind? busted city far behind I'll take the high road however far it winds because peace and love are very 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 hard to find and I want to be good so bad want to be good so bad so bad I want to be good so bad bad desires all I ever had Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had 
and it's all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad, and I want to call my dad, and it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad, and it's all I ever had, and I want to call my dad, and it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. Does this mean I'm not freestyling? Do you want to freestyle? I'll put down a beat. Yeah, throw some shit down. You really want me to do that? Yeah, put that aloe in there. Are you going to really do a, do a thing? Yeah. All right, hold on. What is, should it be about? It should be about Dopey. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, Days. Playing beats by hand on his iPhone. She's <laughs> Jay Rude the Damager from 93. What you going to say when he comes for ye? Yeah, I talk old English like I'm Shakespeare's knee. Yo, so my knee, baby, that's my jing, and it's coming in, baby. Wait, the last shit I said didn't make any sense, but I gotta pay dope for rent, so I keep on rapping. Y'all keep clapping, out in Dopey Nation, y'all keep strapping the Mac to your back when you go out west. Got signed out sculpture, breaking the test, yeah, coming down like a vulture at rest. Doesn't make sense, but <laughs> Peace. Be easy. Rock him, the feed of a microphone, not him. <laughs> Verse two, coming back with more doo doo. You know what that means? Yo, got on my shoe. Get off the ground, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not using any of that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>